0: Welcome to the City Collective Church Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that in today's message, you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. Well, Merry Christmas. It is good to be in church together. Um, it, it's a very different Christmas than last year. I, I don't know if you've already blocked it out of your memory. <laughs> you've pretended it didn't happen. Um, I had to almost remind myself well, we're looking forward to spending a little bit of this Christmas with family, and I hope you are as well. But last Christmas was very different. It was uh, a lot of Zoom, um, whether it was for a Sunday morning service for church or uh, opening gifts with family. It was, it was, Encouraged to to go that route. So it felt very different and this year uh, Though we are able to do more. It's still maybe not as much or as As we are used to and I think that there can be a lot of longing in the midst of that In some sense, I I think that the past year has been an ongoing sense of advent We've been waiting. At what point is it all going to to open up and come back together and and have a sense of normalcy that will put us at a place of ease? There's been this ongoing sense of of waiting and longing. And and waiting that is prolonged leads to us feeling even more disgruntled. Isn't that just the reality of it? You're waiting in a lineup and it tells you that it's gonna be half an hour to get to the front of the line, and then it's two hours. You are really disliking that extra hour and a half, far more than that first half hour. You feel it intensely. And the elements of the Advent season feel far, far away in the space of waiting, especially when it is prolonged. We've talked about in these weeks prior, hope peace joy and 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 the candle for today and the the focus of today love these elements that we by default would say are good things i wish to be hopeful i want to be peaceful i think being joyful is a good idea and and loving well i want to love everyone but in the space of waiting all of those elements are actually more challenging yet in the advent season we're called to wait to experience those things to the fullest it it almost feels like it's in conflict that in the waiting those things become possible in the weeks prior the, the manner in which we've discussed these words whether it is hope peace or joy they're different than many of the ways that we actually experience them in our everyday life or in which culture presents them. Even a couple weeks ago when we talked about peace, we said peace is not just the avoidance of conflict, but peace is to engage in the chaos, to engage with what we believe is unjust and unfair and untrue and fight for what we believe is right, believing that that produces true peace. Whether that is on a macro scale with with world situations or on a micro scale with our relationships with one another, real peace is found in a different way than simply conflict avoidance. And And then joy is so much more than simply just being happy. But joy is a defiant response to the circumstances we are faced in. That the circumstances are going to come over and over and over and on rotation almost. But yet joy is the promise of this continuous presence of God in our lives. And it is meant to be a defiant response. Saying my circumstance may be true, but the truth of my God never fades. And the truth of the promise that he wants me to hold on to in the midst of the struggle is meant to always produce joy and then we get to this word love and I would say love has been emptied of its meaning in many sense within our culture it's almost become like the junk drawer that we toss everything into but the Bible has a lot to say about love so we're gonna take a look at this together. We've gone through a little bit of a, a biblical journey. We started in, in, uh, in Genesis and we jumped over to Isaiah. We were in Micah last week and we're jumping into the Gospel of Luke, Christmas story, but also taking a look at 1 John this morning. So if you could follow along with me, big screen in the sky, 1 John chapter 3, verses 14 to 19. We're gonna read this together. And it says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other anyone who does not love remains in death anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him this is how we know what love is jesus christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them how can the love of god be in that person dear children Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. I want you to take that scripture and we're going to do this real quick. I want you to take... Two minutes here, break into groups of four real quick. Please keep your masks on while doing this, but I want you to just ask the people around you, what is love? Give me a one word prompt, what is love? And I also wanna ask the question just in general, and you're not gonna have to break up into groups for this one, but what is Christmas? Christmas is, Christmas is the, the celebration of the arrival of Jesus. Christmas is the coming of the King, the culmination of a promise. The consolation of Israel, the fulfillments of waiting, and, and I would even contend that Christmas is countercultural. Christmas is an act of generosity. It is a demonstration of love. We, we, we heard it It's a, an action, it is compassion, it is an unconditional care. Love for all of us. Deep down, it means something so much more. But yet the manner in which we see it given, acted out, and even shown, I think is often lacking. Everyone's uh, favorite scripture verse known to all people everywhere. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. I think it can be a th- word thrown around a little flippantly. It's a little emptied of its meaning. And if I was to ask you, what do you love? I think there's like a variety of things that come to the forefront of our mind. Maybe it's maybe something like Christmas morning, uh, Chinese food, the smell, the smell of the ocean, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, for some reason Cowboys fans, like they really love their team. Um, it's just a real thing. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but thats I guess that's what love is. <laughs> and like I said, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a junk drawer that we throw everything into. And when it's something that is emptied of its power, I think we lose the awe and the weight of worship that should be occurring in our heart in light of the love of God. Then we lose it. Love in, in the Christmas season is this declaration that love has been made visible and it has been dis- defined and personified in the coming of Jesus. 1 John 4, 7-10 to says, Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love has been made complete in us. Love isn't just some dramatic thing in the cosmos, but it is among us. It is to change us, to lead us, to move us, to, to meet us. So this prompt of love being discovered in a season of waiting, I think is really interesting. And if you notice in both scriptures, there's a declaration of where love comes from—that love comes from God—and that we're meant as as His children to receive that love, but don't just leave it there. Do something with it. Be a people of action—a a people that feel so compelled and overwhelmed love that has been given to us that we will act. So this is the conflict I find myself in. I I read that and I'm like, "That's, that's really good. But yet in the season of waiting, I'm supposed to find love, but isn't waiting a little bit more passive and I'm supposed to be holding out for something that's really good about to come. So how does it all really fit together? And I came across this great quote from Barbara Brown Taylor, and it says this, that people tend to be shaped by whatever it is they are waiting for. People tend to be shaped by whatever it is they are waiting for. So, uh, like every, uh, every analogy that I feel most akin to, there's sports involved with this one. So, uh, in the off season, for any sporting league, if it's the NBA, if it's the NHL, the off-season feels prolonged and there's so many different things going on. But even if you watch the way it's progressing, everyone's waiting for the start of the season. Maybe our team will win this year. Maybe we'll actually get a little farther. And all off-season, what, what are they doing? Well, they're starting to like put together their team. They're preparing for the season to start. And there is this prolonged season of waiting in the midst of it. And everything that they're waiting for, they're being shaped by. Fair enough, I don't think anything too profound there. I just want us to understand that this is how we operate. If you are waiting for school to start, you are shaped by the need to actually prepare for school. Whether that is rest, whether that is accumulating resources, whether that is making sure that you are getting the sleep that you need to make sure that you are prepared to not sleep. Whatever it is that you are preparing for, weight is part of what forms us. And we may be waiting for Jesus but I think it's it's like the word love sometimes because when I say I wait for Jesus I would ask you as well what what are we actually waiting for because we are going to be shaped by whatever we are waiting for. And to say that we are waiting for Jesus then leads us to the question who do we believe Jesus to be? If I'm waiting for a personal platform, that is going to be compelling my actions. If I'm going to be waiting for economic success, for financial success, that's going to compel my actions. And perhaps the question of Christmas and the question of Advent is very simply, what are you waiting for? Because I think that's going to form your actions in the here and now. And if we take Scripture at face value and we look at the the prompts of John in those two passages we read, and the statement, God is love is present, then we look at this passage and we look at the season and we say that we are actually waiting for love. And by Hollywood's definition, to wait for love means that you need to place yourself in a variety of different um slightly off-kilter scenarios until you find the perfect relationship and you have a dynamic moment with a said person and then suddenly it becomes a, a romantic situation that you can talk about and tell in a story to your friends and family at Christmas. Like that, that is, that, that is the, the declaration of, of, of love. But what, what, what does it mean to wait for love? And I think in order for us to be able to answer that, we need to be able to define what? Love is, and I think what we've said already is great, compassion, uh, an unconditional care for others, to be actually a people of action, not just words, and I think those are all in scripture. And I wanna I want push, uh, push us forward uh, in this conversation as well. I wanna present a couple different ideas. First of all, I would like to contend that love is, at a baseline, vulnerable. C.S. Lewis, he, he, he contends for this in the four loves. He says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries and avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. I don't know if you felt convicted when you heard that. When reading that, I was like, oh man, in in the casket or the coffin of my selfishness. As if to say that when I'm operating in a selfish manner that I believe that it is for the betterment of myself when in reality, it is where things go to die. Where we don't see the, the growth and the development and the flourishing that God desires for us. And so often we've been hurt and pushed down by certain situations that we've made a decision that I will no longer expose myself to the possibility of being broken and hurt. And I get that. And I and I wholeheartedly believe that Christ gets that as well. But to wall ourselves off from any sense of vulnerability is to wall ourselves off from what it is to actually experience and show and receive love because love is vulnerable you, you can't love you can't love anyone if you're trying to please everyone you, you, you can't love anyone if you're just trying to protect yourself there, there's a balance there there's an understanding of, of relationship being a give and a take it, it, is, it is generosity of spirit. It is, it is presenting yourself more often than not completely bare if you want to experience the fullness of love. Adriana and I have found this to be such a common thing within our marriage that when we are in moments of contention, when we are trying to carefully and so cordially navigate a difficult situation or conversation, that the things that we say are extremely poignant. That because we feel this great love for one another, when something is said, we, have, we, we feel it tenfold. Do you feel that for yourself and other relationships as well? from someone that you've exposed yourself to, a vulnerability that's in place, that you have allowed yourself to be vulnerable because the love that you have is so real and there is a moment in which it hurts a little. In reality, it hurts a lot. And then we are tempted in that moment to not be vulnerable again. Isn't that often like the, the, the word out of spite that we say? I'm not gonna ever allow myself to feel that way again. I'm never gonna expose myself like that in a relationship again. to, to, To say that is almost to say I'm not gonna allow myself to experience love as it's meant to be experienced again because love is vulnerable. And the Bible makes another contention. It says that love is both patient and kind. And you can go through a long list in in the letter to the Corinthians about what Paul says love is. But in particular, love is patient and love is kind because love requires us to move at the pace of someone else rather than simply our own. Even if we're talking about the idea of, of evangelism, of telling people in this Christmas season, people are a little bit more open because they're like, oh, it is about Jesus. If they're talking to me about Jesus, that's great. But have you ever found that your, uh, your tactics of, of evangelism or of talking to someone about Jesus are so empowered by scolding them or telling them that, man, get it figured out and get to know this Jesus. Have you found that to be effective? I haven't found it for myself. <laughs> doesn't go particularly well I don't think I've ever met someone who said that they fall fallen in love with Jesus because a particular group of religious people scolded them for their morals ethics or their lifestyle choice scolding on the other hand does not come from a place of kindness scolding is a tactic and this is going to be difficult but scolding is a tactic of a pompous approach an instrument used to medicate a fragile ego. It is for yourself. Now you can speak truth. Let's not let's not feel like we can't speak truth, but you can speak truth with kindness. Romans two, verse four says, Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience? not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. And then we, we see in the scriptures that love is sacrificial. In the on the cross, it's, it's the greatest act of love and, and it's fitting that at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, we hear Jesus' promise. He says, surely I'm with you always, even to the end of this age love is sacrificial it gives fully of oneself I I was having a conversation with actually a a group of boys on on the Trinity basketball team and I presented this question uh, what is love can you define it for me and they had a lot of good thoughts as well and for myself I think I've discovered love to be a willingness to give everything for another To honestly look at another and say I love you and not to empty it of its meaning but to grab hold of it wholeheartedly and know that that means that I am willing to give everything for the one that I am claiming to love because love is sacrificial and love is best shown through Jesus sometimes we we Create a caricature of this Christmas story to to make it really, I don't know, feasible, relatable, palatable. Let's look at this, uh, what happens. God in heaven makes the decision that I'm going to come down into the most frail of forms to be with the ones that I love. And I'm going to abandon that which holds all power and authority and to to, to operate in this real human space. Because out of the great love that God has, I want to give everything for the ones that I love these definitions of love are most seen in this Christmas season love is vulnerable what is more vulnerable than a a little baby love is patient and kind love is sacrificial willing to give everything for the ones that I love and love is present like I said in Matthew that I'm Jesus makes the claim I'm with you to the end of this age surely I'm with you always and maybe this is the piece that has captured me the most in this season because we are in a time and place where the world is extremely divided it feels like we are constantly in a place of fracturing and sure love can be sacrificial love is patient and kind love is vulnerable but maybe the biggest challenge that we face in this current season is understanding very simply that love is being present to be as Christ was to come and be present with us in the midst of our chaos In the midst of known rejection, love came. Love is present. And for us, and for for each one of us, as we start to engage with family and friends, maybe some of you are going to be wishing that you had Zoom meetups happening. maybe that was a gift of the last season feeling like you didn't have to engage in those conversations or those difficult moments but that is not love friends if you are going to make the claim that you love your friends and family i challenge you what is it going to take for you to be present in the physical spaces you're about to occupy Do not operate in an unhealthy manner, exposing yourself to an unhealthy conversation. But you can be kind and patient. You can be generous with your words. And you can give a little bit of your convenience up so that you can be present with those that you may not agree with wholeheartedly on every single topic that is going on right now. I can almost guarantee that every person in this room does not agree (laughs) and if that makes you uncomfortable great because that is the reality of life and we have made the decision that only upon agreement do we actually have the ability to love one another and that is a false truth we've made a decision that relationship is only possible if I can agree with everyone We've made a decision that I'm only going to be able to have the ability to be present in a situation. If everyone is like me, that is the lie of the enemy because that creates division when Christ desires unity and joyful celebration together. Wanting us as followers of Jesus to be as Jesus at Christmas, to enter Into the mess to make ourselves vulnerable and inconvenient because we have been shown love and been given what love really is like we saw in first john over and over again that god is love and you have been shown that love now do something with it act in that love and to act in that love is not to simply say i love you this christmas season but it's to show it through word and action to show it through patience and kindness to show it through our vulnerability and our sacrifice and to show it by being present That's what love is. Because love is hard. And love would not be good if it wasn't. And if you feel like love for you is too easy, I would challenge you, I wonder if you're actually showing a love for others or just simply choosing a version of love that is convenient for yourself. It's so easy to just go into the junk drawer of society and pick out the version of love that we want. But you are being invited in this Advent season, in this Christmas season, to grab hold of the love that Jesus has for each and every one of us. A love that calls us to something that is beyond ourselves because you might be hearing all these things and you'd be like, that sounds too hard. It is. It's a love that's far more difficult than anything that we are possible, uh, capable of doing as human beings. But that is why we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's why we're given the gift of Jesus. To be the model, to be the strength, to be the source. Don't go into those moments and be like, okay, I'm going to have all my self-will in place. You know what you should be doing? You should be praying yourself hot before you go in. Jesus, give me the words. Jesus, give me the wisdom. Jesus, give me the strength. I do not want to talk to this person if they talk about this political situation one more time I'm gonna smack them upside the head Jesus prevent me from smacking somebody today you need to be leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit to actually have the ability to do this don't do this on your own self-will that is a lie of itself you and I we are not capable you are capable of a lot of things, but the, but the f- irony of the gospel, the irony of knowing who God is, is that he has given you gifts and talents, and he has given you the authority to operate with Jesus in this world, but ultimately we will always fall short. And by the grace of God, we're invited to discover that our failings and our shortcomings are nothing compared to the love of God that meets us and empowers us and imbues us with the ability to then live as Jesus in this world. This Christmas season, you have been given love. Love came to meet you in the person of Jesus. Now let it change you that is the challenge we face will it just be a nice idea or will it begin to actually transform us from the inside out when Jesus came to this world he didn't just move into the neighborhood to be the guy next door he came to to grab a, a seat on the couch to be right in there with you and with all that you're carrying this season i know it can be a weighty time of year my hope is that you discover the person of jesus sitting on your couch providing the comfort that you need the rest that you crave The wisdom and the strength that you are praying for and the love that he has freely given in a season of waiting as Barbara Brown Taylor said we are formed by what we wait for and we are waiting for Jesus but I pray this morning that there is a revelation in your hearts and in your minds. Not just that you are being formed by what you wait for, but understanding that if you're waiting for Jesus, you're waiting for that unconditional love. For that truth of hope. For that Prince of Peace. For that declaration of joy. And may that be the thing Begins to transform you and shape you in your waiting. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus. That you came into our mess, vulnerable and exposed. Born in a manger in the lowest of lows, declaring the arrival of the King to those who would be rejected by society. Coming to those who need you even when they don't realize it and making love known in a way that the world had never seen before an unconditional love a generous love a love that is patient and kind that was vulnerable that was sacrificial and that was present. Emmanuel God with us for every person here this morning I just pray that you would just give us wisdom this season in the conversations to come, I just pray that there would be peace that rests upon hearts and minds and that your wisdom would lead us, that we would not be led by our frustration or our fear, but we would be led by your love and your grace and that even the manner in which we communicate in a situation that we don't agree fully, that it would just declare that we are of another kingdom, that we are a people transformed by love, And for those this morning that are feeling the weight of of Christmas and just wondering how they're going to get through it, just pray right now that they sense your, your peace and your love upon them in this place, that they would just be so overwhelmed by your Joy that would give them the strength that they need. We're so grateful that these moments that we get together are ones just full of your presence. It may it be so the remainder of this, this Christmas season as we are apart and as we're in different spaces. I just pray that we would consistently invite you in and rely upon you. That we need your strength. We give you thanks his name i pray amen thank you for listening to today's message we hope it challenged encouraged and inspired you in your walk with our lord jesus christ to keep up with city collective make sure to check us out on instagram and facebook at city collective church have a great week